You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are here, we're talking about Electric Dreams once again, John. Um, But... I also have, I also went to San Diego. Com- Just got back from Comic Con, didn't you? I did. So uh, I, I definitely want to talk about some of the things I saw there. Uh, let's talk. We we'll talk about some of the trailers that came out of there. We we'll talk about some uh, other geek news that we got going on. So uh, we'll, we'll eventually get to Electric Dreams episode three, or at least episode three for us. Yeah. Once again, that's a little bit of a weird explanation of what's going on in there. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to address that. But uh, what did you see coming out of San Diego Comic Con that you thought was interesting? Right off the bat, I got to say what stole the show for me, and I say that like if I was there, but um, the thing I've seen that's come out of it is the Shazam trailer. The Shazam Shazam trailer <laughs> was pretty pretty awesome. Like, Zachary Levi was there talking about it. Um, Jack Dylan Grazer, he's the one that's playing uh, Freddie Freeman in the, in the movie. He's obviously Shazam, Billy Batson's best friend. Uh, if you know the comic books, he eventually becomes Captain Marvel Jr. So I don't know if maybe by the end of this first movie, we're, we're going to see uh, Shazam spreading around the, the the magic. So if not, if he is or if he's not, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out who's playing the older version of Freddie, Fre- Freddie Freeman or not. I mean, technically, I think Freddie Freeman always stayed the same age. He didn't look older like Billy Batson did. Hmm. But uh, yeah. No, that, that trailer was great. I think DC definitely went the right way with making that more of a uh, comedy. Yeah. Comedy-esque, yeah. It's, I, I've been comparing it to uh, a spiritual cross between Big and the greatest American hero. I think that's perfect. Because, yeah, he's sitting there learning how to use his powers and all that good stuff. Like, you got to wonder why it is the, the wizard Shazam didn't just, like, straight up teach him how to use his powers after he gave it to him, but... Yeah, in most other incarnations that I've seen, like in the Shazam um, animated movie, um, he pretty much knows what he can do, like just instinctually. Well, I would assume that's the, the that's the wisdom of Solomon in him. You know, that's nah, that's yeah. that, that's the first letter <laughs> in Shazam. So uh, it is interesting that uh, uh, that he has to go and learn it. But it makes for a good movie, I would assume. I guess. Now, what do all the different letters stand for? Is, so you uh, got the wis- the the wisdom of Solomon. The courage of Achilles, the power of Zeus, the strength uh, of Hercules. No, well, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the strength of Hercules, the endurance of Atlas, and then the speed of Mercury. Ah, so yeah, Solomon. You would think Her- that he'd be a little more closely associated with like Wonder Woman with all the Greek 
God stuff. Right. You would think. I mean, maybe Wonder Woman shows up in the movie at some point. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, I knew your predecessor or something <laughs> like that. Which, you know, if you look at uh, Black Adam, who is the sometimes evil version of Captain Marvel in the DC universe, he says Shazam and gets his powers too because the wizard Shazam gave him his powers way back in ancient Egypt, but his all go off of uh, Egyptian gods. So maybe, maybe the reason why he does that Billy Batson uses Greek gods is because of Wonder Woman because they are definitely setting up Billy Batson to be a superhero fanboy, uh, if anything, in this DCEU universe. Or at least Freddie Freeman is. Or at least Fre- Freddie Freeman. You're right. I yeah. didn't think about that. Yeah, Freddie Freeman in the trailer is the one that has all the, the cool superhero stuff. I was like, how did this kid happen to get his hand on what looks like it could have been an authentic battering? <laughs> it definitely looks like an authentic battering. Uh, uh, especially since, I mean, I guess they don't dis- they don't explicitly say what city they're in in the trailer. In the comic books, he would be in Fawcett City, which is not really near Metropolis or... Uh, Gotham uh, so it looks very Chicago like to me well they kind of all the cities in DC look Chicago like yeah. I mean <laughs> essentially what I mean so, some people will sit there and tell you that Metropolis is New York and Gotham City is is Chicago other people will say Gotham is New York and Metropolis is, is supposed to be Chicago and then other people will say that Metropolis is supposed to be like DC it, it's in a, it's essentially just big met- metropolitan eastern seaborn seabird seaboard area now what city would be the uh dc equivalent of yuma um <laughs> there, uh, i would assume it's the one that the new blue beetle lives in because i think he lives in a texas town i don't i don't know if it's if it's like actually el paso or if they just give it a generic texas sounding name just some small like back broad water yeah, yeah, Jaime Reyes. Yeah, he's. I don't, I don't remember exactly what city it is, but yeah, he's. She should be. It's some some Texas town. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Shazam trailer. Was there anything else that you you thought really cool out of that trailer? Uh, just I really dig the tone. The humor looks awesome. Um, the suit looks better than in the uh, the leaked photos. The leaked photos, and I think that's more to do with seeing it in motion the mo- emotion proper lighting yeah you know, they probably put a little bit more a cg touch up in there yeah it's so bright though it, it to- really is and and I'll, when we talk, when i talk about the the wonder woman stuff coming up here i'll tell you i'm gonna talk about that too with the whole brightness though uh i also wanted to say though with that a little bit of speculation maybe a question for you with the shazam costume like I don't know. If you see Zachary Levi as of late, he definitely packed on a lot of muscle, right? Yeah. But you can tell that suit has a lot of rubber filling. Yeah, it does. I want to ask you, do you think that that is just the initial look because Billy like thinks that's what a superhero is supposed to look like, very cartoonish? And then by the time you get to the end of the movie, uh, he changes to Shazam again and it looks a little bit better. It looks a little bit more like Superman uh, from the DCEU. Or he's not so like burly man looking. Right, it's more sleek because I think that, I think that at one point in the movie, Superman and Billy or Superman and Shazam will meet, and Superman will be like, "You're doing a good job," kind of thing, or you know, be better or something like that, and then he's going to take the inspiration and kind of look more sleek like that. I think that's what, that might happen. Bit. It might not. I, I could don't. be completely. I think it's going to stay that way. You think so? Yeah. All right. I think uh, in future installments, if Zachary Levi's physique more closely resembles what it should look like, 
then maybe they'll knock down the padding a little bit. But yeah, no, I don't think he's gonna change it anyway, just to kind of match with Superman or anything like that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also coming out was Aquaman trailer. Now this, I, I honestly think that I, everybody is going crazy over. It. Everybody seems to in very much enjoy it. I think they overcorrected. I think everything before Justice League was super dark, and Justice League, they tried to correct it midstream, which was obviously a mess and did not do well. Is that a pun? Yeah, a little (laughs) bit. And then now they're like, oh, we need everything to be more colorful and jokey and flashy and... Is that another pun? (laughs) Flashy, (laughs) goddammit. Uh, and wondery and, and wondery and super and of wonder and uh, no so I just I, I think they overcorrected and the Aquaman movie doesn't look as good to me I don't think I think they could have done something a lot better I, I don't enjoy this surfer dude Aquaman I kind of want more of a uh, a, a regal Aquaman I guess well isn't that the whole I guess his arc is going to be that he's rejecting his birthright and he's gonna have to take it in order to i yeah but i still think he'll be the surfer dude king as opposed to being a serious king like i don't want orum i don't want his his half brother like i don't want that version of the king either but i do i do kind of want the more angry uh arthur sounds like it could be a great american novel the once and surfer king the once and surfer king uh but yeah i've heard that since they're going on the like adventure to look for the the trident of Poseidon or whatever it was, uh, that this is you're gonna get a little bit of an Indiana Jones feel to it. I got a a bit of a Star Wars vibe with it. Really, like, with the underwater city. Ah, uh, I see, got like so many flashbacks to like the Gunga City. Ah, uh, I, I get that, but honestly, to me, what I felt when they first showed that in the trailer was was Wakanda. Like it's it's <laughs> flying into Wakanda, and all of a sudden you see, oh look, everything's super futuristic technology looking. Yeah, so but he's going to be the new Black Panther. Well, I mean, DC. I think they just decided to go with the same kind well, of look because that they, does make sense because Wakanda has weaponized rhinos, and now we saw that they have sharks with freaking laser beams on their head in this world. That's very true. That's exactly true. So, uh, I think I think that's what we're kind of getting with that, and and I don't know, but. One thing they did show exclusively to the audience in Hall H, as opposed to everybody else that got to see the, the trailer that dropped, he he is going to wear the classic Aquaman color suit. The orange and green suit? The orange top, the green oh. uh, pants. And it actually, I thought it actually looked pretty fucking awesome. Like, I think they did they did a version of it that has, like, it looks like actual, like, scale armor. And, uh, you know, it doesn't look cheesy as fuck. So, <laughs> I thought, I thought... It looked pretty cool. That's that's the least you can ask for these days. Not to look cheesy as fuck. Cheesy as fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it would be even better if he also just decides to get some sun in for his hair and kind of blonde it out. A blonde bit. it out a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it seems like that's what they they tried to do in Justice League with him, but it it really wasn't that much at all. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna ever get to the Momoa version with uh, the hook for a hand? I don't think we'll get that because the reason he has the hook for the hand is because he saves his son. Oh, so we need to get to that point yeah. first. Yeah, so you have to get him and Mara to, to get married, fall in love, or I guess switch those around, and then have a baby. <laughs> well, actually, that kind of reminds me of our um, 
our episode for tonight that's true so we'll yeah. talk about that a little, we'll, in a little bit we'll definitely talk about that well moving over speaking of color now you got me really curious about the wonder woman so in the wonder woman they they've literally at this point at san diego comic-con they'd only been shooting for three weeks and i honestly they did they did say beforehand they were going to be bringing some footage i didn't think they would bring a lot i thought maybe we'd see like a, a, i mean they didn't bring a lot it was one scene but the scene you get to see is wonder woman in her full-on 80s hair so it looks like the same kind of hair that uh linda carter wore in her fucking wonder woman uh show uh she she's in the middle of a mall which we've seen pictures of them shooting in a mall uh and the weird thing was so this uh this young girl comes walking out like uh, you, you you can tell something is about to happen we don't exactly know that where the clip starts but something's just about to happen. This little girl comes walking out. She's Wonder Woman. Like she's just so surprised and enamored by Wonder Woman. And then Wonder Woman goes to protect her because you see there's like apparently there's a bunch of guys with uh, Uzis just about to or that are at least holding everybody hostage in the mall. So she goes, jumps in front of the bullets and then does this like weird spin move like with the girl in her arms and then like uh what's that olympics that uh winter olympic sport where you 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 throw the shuttle down the ice and they have to use the brooms to curling curling yeah she essentially throws the little girl like a curling uh anvil or whatever the hell that thing is called block or something a block down the this like uh surface uh you know like a, a linoleum surface a tile surface and then she goes landing into a giant like 12 foot tall teddy bear and the teddy bear kind of like explodes with the fluff out of it and stuff like that so and then she's just like oh that's that was so much fun and then wonder woman uses her lasso to capture to lasso up both um gunmen so she manages to have two ends to the lasso i don't quite understand how she did it i mean i guess she just used the two ends okay and then as she's jumping off the second story of the the mall into the lower story she she pulls on the lasso to grab those two guys to take them down with her and that's where the clip ends so what i'm saying is that they definitely decided to go with a much brighter color scheme for her outfit like the outfit we saw in the first wonder woman movie is definitely muted in color like you can tell it's red but it's very dingy red and in the which blue was a big step up from the batman v superman which looked like it was brown yeah exactly but this time you can you can tell it's red, like yeah. super fucking red, like like fucking Superman's cape red. Well, you sold me on '80s hair, Linda Carter style. <laughs> so like, I'm I'm already there. So yeah, I I and I think they they kind of went with a little bit more jokey in that one too. Like I feel like they were like, oh, we can throw a little bit more funny in here, kind of thing. I mean, they might as well, especially since you're gonna have a female centric cast now with like the villain, the two villains possibly being females mm-hmm. so that's gonna be kind of neat i'm really excited about what kristen wick's gonna bring to this i, I so same same here uh, i think that um i thought one of the one of the things that they said on the panel was that this is this is the same character but it's a different chapter in the book or it's a new it's a new book they actually said both. They said different chapter and new book. I was like, well, you're kind of contradicting yourself there, but that's okay. So I think w- what I'm trying to get is that don't expect a lot of the same that you saw in the first movie. All right. If that that's, makes any sense. 
and and we know that we're gonna see uh chris pine. pine back in it in some form. and they kept it they definitely kept it very hush hush of what he's doing there how he's alive if not i honestly think that he's an aberration i think that it's it's in her mind or someone's playing a trick on her or something like that like i don't think it's I don't think it's actually um, Steve Trevor back to life or being saved by the gods or anything like that. Because right. I really feel like if they bring him back, his sacrifice in the first movie makes means is meaningless now. Well, um, who is it that's going to be in it that we were speculating who he might play? Uh, was it Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking he's uh, like my theory originally, and I'm sticking to it because I haven't heard anything to contradict it so far. I think he's going to play either Hades or maybe even the ferryman. Okay. And uh, he's going to bring uh, Trevor, Steve Trevor, back for for a little bit. For, okay. For some spiritual manipulation. That's interesting. Yeah. So I did hear on Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman, they threw around the speculation that it might be Martian Manhunter. Did I tell you that? I think you mentioned that, yeah, yeah. Once, once before. Yeah, Martian Manhunter comes down to Earth, sees Diana, scans her brain, picks out the image of Steve Trevor, and like talks to her in that as that image. I don't know. Could be a thing. Could be. Uh, It'd be a different look for Martian Manhunter for sure. <laughs> too true. Uh, I also saw the panel for Predator, which I love Shane Black. I think he's a very interesting writer even more interesting director i think he has a very unique sense of humor that he thinks himself to be very hilarious <laughs> but a lot of other people kind of like huh like they cut they no one really laughs but no one really gets offended either just like oh okay yeah. like so they show us uh, other than the trailer that they showed uh, they, they they let out online they show us a, a scene and it's essentially the I would assume it's kind of the more, the bigger introduction to Olivia Munn's character in the movie, where she's this uh, scientist, but she's the the team of mercenaries that you see in the bus in the trailer. They have her in a hotel room, like uh, you assume that they saved her from something before the scene starts, and she's waking up from being passed out, and it, before she wakes up. <laughs> Like they're they're all kind of like around her in the bed, and they're like, "Oh wait, we probably shouldn't be around the bed because that's gonna really creep her out, and we should back away from her kind of thing." Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And then Thomas Jane's character has Tourette's, <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of hilarious in it. Uh, at one point, she's about to leave the room, and he says, "All right, folks, it's gonna get a little bit brutal here." But she's but Thomas Jane goes, "Well, want to eat your pussy?" Like he just he just spouts it out and she's like what and she she closes the door and he's like huh what huh what uh, eat your pussy what and then she's like did you just say eat my pussy and he's like no 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 I said you're pushy I said you're very pushy and then everybody else in the room's like yeah he said pushy and he's like no no I think he said put like the funny thing is is because it's in Hall H and you know they try to keep everything PG so they're bleeping out pussy over and over but. Like, the scene goes on way too long for it to be <laughs> funny anymore. Like, it needs to go on much longer for it to come back around to funny, and it doesn't. So, that's what I'm like. I think he thinks he's hilarious, but it doesn't quite work out for everybody else. Like, I think The Good Guys was a hilarious movie. I thought it was a great movie. Dude, Good Guys is a fucking... Like, I was 
pleasantly, pleasantly surprised when I saw that. But yeah. I think a lot of people watch it and they're like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a thing. I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I have hopes for The Predator. Uh, I think it's interesting with the whole uh, bringing in a ultra predator, I guess is the best way to put it. Would you call him an apex predator? An apex predator, I guess. That, that's a good, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. that. That's a thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> also a thing. Uh, but yeah, that's what I, 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 did you see anything in the trailer that was released that you thought was interesting? Um, just the fact that uh, they're genetically augmenting themselves to, I guess, you know, become bigger, better, stronger predators. Yeah, essentially they were just like the 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 predator species was like we sent um we've sent guys or we've sent killers to earth and they've kill gotten killed by Schwarzenegger and then Danny Glover. So only very recently though, cuz they've been around since like the 1700s. Right, exactly. So but so. now they're like, "Hey, they're getting better at killing things there. We need to make a better predator kind of thing." Yeah. So that's interesting that they're doing that. Although I kind of want to understand, based on the trailer, why it is that the, the super predator is also attacking the regular predator. Yeah, I want to know that too. Because it, it looks like I've seen some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it kind of looks like the predators team up with the humans to take down the super predator. Oh, I mean, isn't wasn't that like what it was in that alien versus predator video game like didn't and i guess that was kind of what it was in the movie too they the humans and the predators team up together to fight off the 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 aliens the bigger the xenomorphs threat. yeah it, yeah yeah basically so we have someone here in the in the peanut gallery that wants to answer is uh one of our uh you know future guests of the show robert morris what is it that you want to say So essentially what Robert's saying is that in the Alien vs. Predator movie, the scientist played by Sanaa Lantham, uh, she kind of proves herself as a fighter, so they give her uh, like weapons to use. It's the, the tail of the xenomorph and the skull of the xenomorph as a shield, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And uh, she fights with the Predator to, f to fight off the last, I think, the queen. And... I don't remember. No, she, they left her behind. Yeah, she left her behind. But the they the xenomorph she was her. or the predator she was fighting with gets in was impregnated by by a xenomorph by yeah. a xenomorph, and that's when you see at the very end the the chest burster come out of the predator's chest at the end of the movie. And you know what? I really think that they've kind of discounted that movie since then. <laughs> it's not canon. Yeah. I mean, and it's PG-13. It's like, so they wanted to, you know, they, I don't know. This is definitely going off of, I know that at least the first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is, is canon for this one. No, so is the second one. So is the Danny Glover one? Gary, uh, Jake Busey is playing Gary Busey's son. Is he playing his son? Yeah. I didn't see, because he, he talked about that. In the panel, he's like, "It's so funny that I tried to stay away from a lot of the things that my dad did, uh, movie-wise, and then what, I'm here, what, th 20, 25 years later, or whatever, how, however long ago Predator Two was made, and I'm making this, I'm making this movie. So we can made. look forward to a 48 hours reboot. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Does this fall into the 
I mean, not directly. I mean, if you if if they're counting Predator Two, you see uh, you see the skull of a xenomorph on the ship. So yeah, they exist in the same universe. But like I said, I don't believe the Alien versus Predator movies are gonna be canon for this one. Like I didn't, I don't even think the Adrian Brody Predators movie is is canon for this one. And even if it was, it takes place on a different planet. So yeah, that like does. It has yeah. no effects on it. Unless. Adrian Brody just shows up at some point. Well, I keep hearing rumors that they might bring back Arnold for like a, a stinger. Oh, really? Yeah, where oh. he's, um, since we never really see what happens to him at the end of the movie, and there's only like a throwaway line in Predators 2 about it, uh, that at some point the Predators came back and took him mm. um, and basically made him like an honorary Predator. Really? Like he became like a governor of like a district of their <laughs> of territory. Of course it was a governor. Uh <laughs> Oh, what was I about to say? Um, uh, shoot. I guess it wasn't important. So, no big deal. Uh, oh, Shane Black. Shane Black was in the original Predator, even yeah. though he he wrote it, and then he was also a, an actor in it, right? Yes. He okay. played the, the one Marine that kept making the bad jokes. Well, not Marine, but Green Beret that kept making the bad jokes. Oh, okay. And which kind of ties in with uh, just yeah, how what I said general, about him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then uh, another thing that came out of San Diego Comic Con was the trailer for. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't know if it exactly became out of San Diego Comic. They released it the first day of San Diego Comic Con, but it wasn't during like a panel or anything, I believe. But the t- trailer for uh, Titans, the 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 flagship show for the DC Universe streaming app that they're going to be doing. So, the big okay. controversy with that show, with that trailer. <laughs> Robin says, fuck Batman. Like, everybody is getting so up in either you're like, either people are like, yeah, I'm so gung ho about this, or people are like, that's not my Robin. What if, uh, what if the scene is out of context and somebody had just asked him, like, hey, what are you doing later? Oh, <laughs> fuck you, John. <laughs> that's terrible. Like, the I, out of context, I can see, I, I can see like something, but I honestly think it's because, like, so I, I got to listen to Jeff Johns during his spotlight panel uh, talk about this. And he said, like, if you look at, was it Marv Wolfman and Len Wein's run? I don't know if it's that's who it, I know it's Marv Wolfman. Marv Wolfman's run of, of Teen Titan, new Teen Titans when he becomes Nightwing, when Robin becomes Nightwing. He is very much pissed off at, at Batman at that point. Like, the, he says some things in the comic book. It he was over Barbara, wasn't it? I don't think so. I he could be thinking of a different story. I, yeah, I think you're thinking of a different story. It's just the point where he's like, I don't need a sidekick anymore. I think I think Robin's like, I'm not your boy wonder anymore. I'm a, I'm I'm a grown man. You know, I I don't need this. I don't need this nonsense. I don't need you to treat me like a kid anymore. So uh, that's when he throws away the the Robin uniform and uh, he's just on the Teen Titans as a as as Dick Grayson. And then I believe it's Judas contract when he throws on the Nightwing costume for the first time. So uh, that's when I would say that that's that it's he's very much angry with Batman at that point in his career. So that's where the, he, Jeff John says they're pulling from for this show. And to me, it makes sense. Like, yeah, he never said fuck Batman in the comic <laughs> book because it was a comic book. And this is 2018. And that was what? 1980 something. I don't know. Yeah, it's early '80s. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a different era. It's different maybe they're pulling a little bit of Frank Miller's like style. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I, I honestly am not upset by it. Uh, the other big controversy coming out of there is is Starfire. 
people were very a lot of the the toxic fanboys and fangirls are upset that she's too black i guess i don't know <laughs> like they're just upset with her i don't know i was like i'm like i don't get it i she's an alien she what is she supposed to look like you don't know so just well i mean her skin turned orange when she's like was using her power so that seems to be in line with how she is my only thing is that she just kind of looks like a middle-aged like woman i think i think that scene is very much out of context i don't think that's what she's going to be wearing like the whole time like the fur coat kind of thing oh yeah yeah talking about like that's not even what i'm even concerned about okay we saw so little of her um she just looks i don't know like she looks like she's got at least 15 years on robin and robin doesn't look that young in this one Mm. which coincidentally i don't think so i think they're both uh, the both actors are about the same age but i I didn't feel that way i didn't feel that way when i saw the trailer but it's interesting that you did yeah and um is it just me or does the guy playing Robin kind of look like a cross between Andrew Garfield and James Vanderbeek? I didn't get the James Vanderbeek, but I, I do get the, 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 the Garfield. Andrew Garfield a little bit, yeah. The little angstiness in him. Yeah. So. And um I I didn't I wasn't too thrilled with Raven. It looked like something no? out of American horror story. And I think that's what they're going for. I and, I think that's the feel that they're going for. And I didn't like that. Hmm. I, I feel like Raven it, it this didn't seem like the stoic, monotone Raven that like doesn't put up with shit this was like an angsty teenager so the only thing that i think is going to be the big uh the the big yes go or no go for me in the show is the first time that they show beast boy like uh, how good the effects look the, how good the effects look of him turning into a, 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 a an animal like what is that going to be what is that going to entail so well, as long as they don't try to go dark on it and make it like a transformation out of like American Werewolf in London, where no, it's like a yeah. slow, yeah. painful transformation. No, we don't need that. Yeah, that would be like. Uh, but then again, it it also looks really cartoony if he does it like you know in the cartoon, where he just transforms into an animal and then another animal, and I just like can keep switching depending on the situation. I think that would look okay. You, you think okay? it would look too cartoony? So? I think so, yeah. Especially if they have to rely on a lot of CGI for it. Mm. it like, And then they all have to be green, so it might stand out and look kind of bad. I, I don't know if they if they'll end up doing the, the whole green thing, which and to me, that would be fine with me. You don't, he doesn't have to look... The, the animals don't have to look green. Well, he looked like his skin turned green when he was trying to... I want him to be green, yes, but I, don't, I just don't feel like the animals have to be. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, they can be. I don't know. I, like I said, this is that's going to yeah, be the go this, no go for me. This is yeah. We haven't seen enough of it to really make an informed opinion. But, right. Um, I'm definitely going to get it though. I'm going to get the 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 DCU streaming service. Streaming service. They call it. Well, it's called DC Universe. That is what it's going to be called. Because uh, it's not going to be just their streaming stuff. It's also comic books and it's also you know in in shop store or whatever and. Uh, they can't call it DC Online because of the video game. Because of the video game, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, so that's 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 some of the big things that came out of San Diego Comic Con that I wanted to talk about. Some other news that we had going on. I th- I, I just really want to talk about this. So Ryan Reynolds is going to be producing a movie that is kind of have a riff off of Home Alone, but with an adult male who gets left behind by his friends because he misses his flight because he's stoned so now he's and then he's going to get stoned again since he doesn't get to go on vacation (laughs) and then people are going to break into his house to steal from him so it's stoned alone it's like home alone but stoned alone kind of thing 
Uh, I don't know. This could either go really great or this could go really terrible. How do you feel about stoner movies in general? You know, in general, I kind of like them. So, like, I like Pineapple Express. Oh, yeah. It's great. And there's um, a few low-budget ones I remember watching, too. There was one called The Stone Age. I remember that. There's a couple of, like, dudes in the 70s. And I, I consider Days and Confused a, a stoner movie. It's kind of more of a just a teenager party movie, but oh, they, yeah. they definitely get stoned in that movie. If you're in Loathing Las Vegas, that's uh, that's more of like a that's, that's a little different. That's yeah, it's <laughs> a little harder than than weed. But uh, I really like. There's one I can't remember what it was called, but it featured uh, David Faustino and Corey Nemec. And why do uh, I know that name, Corey Nemec? Uh he was Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, okay. And uh, David Faustino was Bud Bundy. Right. Yeah. And I think it also had Robert Stack in a cameo. Of course it did. So, yeah, this was like in the early 2000s. Was he doing an unsolved mystery? Yeah. <laughs> it was like what happened to his career. <laughs> um, then there's also, you know, Half-Baked. It's probably the the biggest stoner movie out there. I like there. Half-Baked. I love uh, the uh, Your Highness. Uh, oh, you like Your Highness? I like. I really like Your Highness, yeah. Uh, it never. That's one of the ones that I thought if on multiple views it would grow on you, but it never did grow on me for me. Well, it's it, it, that movie was made by the cast. I know you don't like Danny McBride. I don't. I happen to like Danny McBride yeah. and a lot of those people that he works with. So to me, it was very similar to like... Um, this is the end. I like this Express. is the end though. Well, this is the end was awesome. Yeah, that movie was fucking great. Um, so yeah, basically, I just I like stoner comedy, stoner humor. Um, doesn't always land, but uh, you know, Super Troopers, love those. Haven't seen the second one, unfortunately, but um, I am really curious, especially because Ryan Reynolds seems like a really cool dude that knows how to pick good projects here and there. Uh, you know what? I think he does too, and I think now with the whole Deadpool success, like he's able to be more hands-on on decisions on what what movies he's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I think he's doing. got some clout now. Yeah, so uh, I think that's definitely an interesting thing. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we go on to our episode or episode of Electric Dreams is the cast list for Episode Nine of Star Wars came out, and I think the biggest surprise is Carrie Fisher. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obvious that nobody was expecting her to, you know, drop dead in between right, movies. Right, right. So that she was definitely going to still be a part of episode nine. When they were writing it or after, after they filmed, because she she passed away after they, they finished filming. Yeah, it was done. It yeah. was just like in post-production. Right. So um, what I'm hearing is that they're going to use unused footage. Right, that's what I'm hearing too. Because the, originally they said we won't do any... Computer CGI. graphics to yeah. make it look like uh, her from other stuff or whatever, and they won't recast her. So that very much left it up to like, well, what are you gonna do? So yeah, they're gonna use unused footage from previous movie, the previous two movies. I wonder if it's gonna be like that episode of The Sopranos where uh, oh, they kept using for the mom. Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't fit in with the scene. It was so awkward. I would assume that yeah, if you're gonna <laughs> use unused Im- footage from other stuff, that yeah, it's gonna be kind. It's gonna be very much out of context. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some overdubbing maybe on some things or do some like voiceover. Yeah. But also, uh, Mark Hamill's supposed to be back. Mark Hamill's... Well, that makes sense. Force Ghost, he shows up in the last movie as a Force Ghost. Why wouldn't he show up again? Well, what's interesting about that is that he recently got a haircut and shaved his beard off. I did not know that. Yeah, so... Well, he could probably grow it back before they start filming. When do they start filming? Um, I'd imagine they'd start filming 
come this fall maybe mm. I mean, we just got this, the cast list, so I'm sure they're, they've at least done some table reads by so now. So, returning cast members include Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o. So, that means we're going to get the... the Mas Kanata. Mas Kanata back. Yeah. Uh, Donald Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, Junis Sutamo. I don't know who that was. Uh, Billy Lord is uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Um, newcomers for episode are Naomi Ackle and Richard E. Grant. And noticeable, noticeable absent is Carrie Russell. I don't know. I think since then they they have announced that she is part of the cast. Maybe since I, I we posted this article from IGN. But oh yeah, the rumor and the other rumor is that Billy D. Williams will show up as Lando once again for uh, episode nine. As Robert played so that. So they can kill him off, too, I'm sure. Oh, Just why not? Get rid of all the old cast. Kill it if you must, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, how, how do you feel about that? Oh, well, I see. Other returning cast members include Star Wars veteran Mark, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams as Glando. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Wait, who's, who's Anthony Daniels? Is that C-3PO? That's C-3PO. Okay. Was he in uh, Han? Was, I don't think he was in Solo, was he? Who did he play in that one? Oh, he plays a bad guy, oh, plays oh. A bad guy in, Han so- in Solo. Awesome. Uh, so, any, any surprises in this uh, cast list for you, John? Um, not really. I mean, kind of see where it's going. Uh, I kind of wonder if they're holding back, but I didn't see uh, Anth- um, Andy Circus in there. So... That means a lot of the theories that Snoke would be back in some form. Yeah, but they would, they would probably keep that off the official cast list. Maybe, yeah. If Especially they, if he's just mostly just voiceover, then they right. have to announce him. But yeah, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that Snoke is not completely gone. Or, conversely, they could win me back if they bring uh, Ian McDiarmid back as the Emperor in some capacity. Mm. Maybe they have like some kind of... I, I don't know. Do, do, how much trust do you put in GJ, into JJ? <sighs> well, see, JJ has the hard, almost impossible task of course correcting after But see, there's a, lot of Johnson. Pe- there's a lot of people in your Star Wars fandom that doesn't believe that, that Last Jedi was a bad movie. This is true. It's very subjective, but... Um, I'm hard-pressed to say that it was a good movie. It had some good ideas, but I think it just didn't execute them properly, and that's just my opinion as a moviegoer and somebody who's been kind of steeped in Star Wars for as long as I can remember. I was like, this just didn't feel like Star Wars anymore, and that could just be a symptom of getting old. That could be that, (laughs) you know, times change, and, you know, things just don't have quite the same effect on you when you're, like, a 30-something-year-old as opposed to when you're, you know, a five-year-old. So, yeah, I'm fully aware of the nostalgia factor but it just didn't feel like a star wars movie like i felt like the prequels had a bit more of a star wars tinge to it maybe because of the influence of lucas on them even though i'm not a big fan of the prequels i at least don't hate them well that's not fair i don't i want to say i hate the last jedi but the last jedi made me really just not be interested in star wars afterwards i'm like you know, I've seen Star Wars movies in theaters since I've been able to watch them in theaters. Like, starting with the special editions and onward. And this is the first Star Wars movie I don't watch more than once in the theater. Mm. And I have not bothered to buy the the you know home version of it. 
Um, it's on Netflix now. I don't even want to watch it on Netflix. Like I could do something else with those two hours, <laughs> like sleep or like bang one out or something. You know, it's like so much more useful. Uh, you know, time management than watching The Last Jedi. All right. Well, I mean, like I said, it, it's going to be interesting. Do you think it, one of the things I wanted to bring up was? Do you think that the la- the decision to bring Billy D back in as Lando is that he's going to be saying a lot of the lines that Carrie was going to be saying as Organa? You know, that's a very good theory. I think, yeah, probably. Uh, uh, he was probably going to come back anyway. I feel like that's been kind of a rumor that's been in the pipeline since the first movie. But like, I feel oh, like yeah, his appropriate place would have been in The Last Jedi to show up. He might take over back over the Falcon, Robert says. Uh, I, think, I think I have heard that speculation going out there that he might end up sacrificing himself and the Falcon to save everybody at some point in this next movie. Those yeah. <laughs> it turns out that those dice were actually like ancient Jedi holocrons that hold the secret that Ray needs. And okay, so we've gone <laughs> off the rails on this one. Uh, I think that we're going to wrap it right there for Geek News this week, and then we're going to get right into Electric Dreams episode for us, episode three for IMDb, episode six called "Human Is." Now, this is uh, as this, human does. This is <laughs> thank you, Forrest. Uh, this is the Brian Cranston episode. Big, big part of the show being made, I believe. Um, yeah, he's a producer. I heard. The, yeah, the producer of the, of the show. As a producer of the show, Brian Cranston insisted this episode was written and directed by women, given its central character is a woman, and knowing how few opportunities female directors and writers get in op- in comparison to their male counterparts. Uh, the All Philip right. K. Dick short story on which this episode was based was first published in. Startling Stories, Winter 1955. And the actors playing Vera and General Olin have both previously appeared in Game of Thrones, but never shared a scene there, which you had a little bit of information. We Obviously, General Olin is our Onion Knight from Game of Thrones, uh, played by Liam Cunningham. Cunningham. Now, uh, Vera, who is our main character or protagonist in the story... Uh, do you remember the name of the actress? S.C. Davis. S.C. Davis. She plays. She plays uh, in Game of Lady Thrones. Lady Crane. Lady Crane. In Game of Thrones. Yeah. Would, would remind only for the audience, not for <laughs> me. But who is Lady Crane? Uh, she was the actress that played Queen Cersei in the play and uh, ah, Bravos. As all the uh, all of our audience listeners right now are saying, ah, right. Okay, so makes sense. All right, cool. Um, what did you think of this episode? Um, I didn't think I would be so invested in a story that would lead me to watch uh, Brian Cranston's bare ass thrusting into another person. <gasps> oh, that was such a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> but a welcome one. A welcome <laughs> surprise. All right. I really dug this episode. I've been looking forward all week to uh, discussing this because I just I love this story. It It had me... Uh, on the edge I was like oh my god where is this going and I mean I as you know me I love to like predict what's going to happen and um, you know be pleasantly surprised when I'm wrong all the time so were you by the end of the episode were you surprised were you surprised or were you right uh well I was right but I was still surprised okay fair enough because I think I was right around the same way I want to say honestly the first half of this episode I was not into like I was very much like what is going on here I'm very bored and I know what it is like I'm not the biggest 
Breaking Bad fan. I didn't watch the whole series. I watched like the first two seasons, and just didn't get into it. But to me, Brian Cranston is always going to be Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah. So seeing him be a complete dickhead in the beginning of this episode, as uh, was his lieutenant, whatever, Cal Chrissy, Calista, Herrick or something like that. Hennick. Hennick Herrick. Um, Silas. Samsonite. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, Silas. As Silas in in this episode, I was just like, oh, I can't get behind this. Like, I I don't like. I mean, and that's terrible. You shouldn't. I shouldn't just pigeonhole uh, an actor into a certain uh, character, and he has to play that all the time, or she has to play that all the time. But like, it it was hard for me to sit there and watch him be a dick. See, I remember him prior from Seinfeld, where he played the uh, prior from Seinfeld. Uh, well, no, from Seinfeld. Oh, from yeah, where he plays a. Uh, Watley, yeah, Doctor Watley, yeah, the dentist, the I mean, the be, molesty dentist. Yeah, other than being a, a molesty uh, <laughs> dentist, he always had comedic lines. He wasn't. I didn't feel like he was a dickhead. Yeah, I guess that's true. But uh, isn't this a credit to his acting? That oh uh, no, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Trust me, I understand that. I understand Brian Cranston's a phenomenal actor. Uh, he, but did you see the first season of Sneaky Pete, where he plays a kind of a gangster? No, I did not. Yeah, he's great in that too, and he's, it's not all comedy and stuff like that. But it's, I thought he was he was great in that show, which I believe he was also a producer of. But uh, yeah, so when he shows back up after his mission to get more hydrogen uh, from the, I guess I, I would assume this is supposed the Araxa or whatever it was called. It was like Rexar Four. Rexar Four. That's the closest planet with hydrogen that was comparable to ours. Because at one point in the episode, she Vera says, why don't we just go to the next planet, one that's not inhabited by people so we don't have to fight for it? And yeah. everybody just kind of throws that out the fucking window like, no, nah, no, nah, that's stupid. That's a stupid suggestion. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, we'd rather fight and almost die. So, uh, yeah. We, it was a very Starship Trooper feel to it. It was very Starship Trooper feel to it. Um, obviously, yes, the, the Araxians... Uh, are trying to keep their own resources. This is an invading uh, force coming in to steal their their hydrogen, uh, you know, water essentially, yeah. and uh, they don't they don't want to give it up, so they're fighting back. Um, but they send they so it sounds like before the episode starts because the episode starts with uh, Silas getting a, a medal of honor somehow, some some type uh, for his bravery of getting his men back on a failed mission except for two um and at that point you see the general olin played by liam cunningham say uh you know vera should have got a medal as well because she was the one that was directing the op the mission mm -hmm. uh from from mission control and it w if it wasn't for her a lot more people would have died and Silas, Brian Cranston's character, gets very upset about this, and then once they get home behind closed doors, essentially almost like fucking chokes her out and, <laughs> and like beats her up because like how dare you uh, agree with the general that you should get a, a medal? I was the one that was on the on the ground. I was the one piloting piloting the ship back, and uh, I was the one dragged two of my dead soldiers back into the ship and stuff all that stuff like it's like wow dude calm down yeah this dude had some uh some issues yeah uh and you you get the feeling that they were never they're never never really close so then when he comes back from this new mission where everybody dies on his team except for him and one other guy 
um, he has a very much a personality change. He's he's softer. He's understanding. He's he's uh, considerate of her and her needs, and even to the point where she has emotions for him. Yeah. So you come to understand that their their marriage is very tense. There's definitely no love between the two of them. They just kind of cohabitate. Um, while he leaves on a mission that she, as you mentioned, was very opposed to and was even trying to come up with some uh, alternatives to, um, she's like, no, nah, we, we have to do this for the Republic or whatever they call it, Terra. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I thought that was funny at the beginning of the episode. It says Earth 2520, and then it changes to Terra. It's like, okay. That's probably like, yeah, I was like, yeah, Earth is so like, two centuries ago let's, right let's updated a little right so um i think terra is also like a more accurate name for earth i think i mean that's how they they refer to it in guardians of the galaxy yeah that's <laughs> but true i get it it both mean dirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so my wh- i was kind of on the same page as you i'm like okay what's going on i hope this isn't all about fucking like space politics you know like i wasn't a big fan of babylon 5 or anything like that um although i was really really digging the production design the look of like the rooms uh like their little interior garden that they have going on with all those like bulbs and tubes and stuff was really cool looking and then um so when like the husband uh, brian cranston leaves on the mission like well actually the night before he leaves on the mission she goes out and uh you just you wanna well i mean she goes to obviously some type of uh fetish area you know kind of thing she goes to the snm district yeah she she partakes in a uh exploration of self-love kind of thing you know uh because she's obviously not getting it at home but I really felt weird that they never touched on that again. Like, literally, Silas, the character Silas just kind of says, you got home late last night. And that's it. They dropped it. Like, it never shows back up. I I don't know if it's just supposed to show that she's starved for attention. She's starved for love. Oh, yeah. I think that was was my big takeaway from it is, like, it's such an extreme. She just goes to, like, the complete opposite end to get what she's looking for. And it's, you know, could be technically considered maybe unhealthy. Oh, know. definitely an unhealthy relationship. But I mean, as we come to learn later on, is that in this new world, this new world order, no one really falls in love anymore. It's it's they were the two of them were assigned to each other as uh, yeah. as mating couple or whatever. Yeah, I forget what they called it. They had a term for it, but uh, yeah, like a marriage mandate or something. Yeah, which I thought, man, I bet there's like tons of like incels that are like like uh, right that's what we should have um but yeah so i guess the when when the whole thing happened that oh the they came back only two survivors one of them's your husband and they're like are you sure nobody else got on board and he was like yeah and then they have that um that footage of like the like the surveillance camera right. caught that two of the aliens, which which is the first time we see what the Araxians uh, look like. Yeah, they look like snowflakes or something. They're yeah, like they're, these energy balls. I, you know what I thought? You know those uh, those things when you go to like a, a a a touch science museum and you get to put your fingers on that ball that and you see the static electricity coming and touch your fingertips. Oh, those like plasma balls. Yeah, that's what I th- thought it looked like, just with more. 
with a little more special effect yeah. on them. Yeah, that's they they looked like just basically balls of energy. Yeah. And uh they were saying uh, you said no one else came on board and Brian Cranston was very evasive, but you could tell it starts to get kind of shady. Mm-hmm. Um and that's when um uh, what was her name in it? Vera, Vera starts yeah. to question um you know his his whole demeanor. Right. Like she mentions to one of her coworkers, like, yeah, he's a little different now. Uh, but she doesn't elaborate, just that he's not the same person. Uh, which, in her mind, is kind of a good thing because he's being attentive. He's like making breakfast. He went out and got groceries. Apparently, strawberries are a rare commodity mm-hmm. um, because it was like a big deal. That reminded me a little bit of a, a firefly. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that. Uh, you know, led into the whole, oh, well, like, is this dude actually an alien then? Like, did the alien possess him or take his shape? And there's a few kind of misdirects. You know, at one point she's taking a bath and she submerged herself completely and you see him walk up to her and it almost looked like he's going to reach in and maybe try to hold her down. Right. Uh, but instead he was like, oh, I was just worried. You know, you, like, you scared me like that. You right. know, just under the water. Um, and she kind of doesn't trust him, like because now she's getting really suspicious that doesn't want to eat his food but she does anyway right and there's nothing wrong with it apparently it's just really good it's really good yeah and so and then it, it then it comes to a head when the other guy on the ship outs himself as uh an Araxian. yeah well, i guess he doesn't quite essentially his wife records him talking in his sleep where he's He's talking in Araxian, and he's like, uh, I, I just want to go home or something like that. Yeah. Or no, that was what Brian Cranston's character was saying. Uh, I don't remember what it was that he ends up saying. Yeah, he said something about, um, what was it that he said? I can't remember. But yeah, he gave himself away. Um, and so they interrogate my, uh, Brian Cranston's character. He's adamant that he's himself. I mean, they're like, uh, you know, exhausting him. Um, interrogating him and finally they, they're having a court martial they make this big old case about how Araxians have no moral compass they're like horrible they they only care about themselves they'll kill everyone they can which to me it's it's literally just war propaganda right yeah like you to you make your De- enemy sound dehumanizing dehumanizes, them, yeah. yeah and it turns out that like you know Brian Cranston decides hey like I will you know essentially that if since she didn't rep- his wife didn't report all this shit beforehand yeah before coming to this point she will also be tried tried for treason or found treasonous uh because she had feelings that he was a little different and never reported it so yeah. Brian Cranston's character Silas is like oh look uh, I still say I'm human but I will admit to being Araxian or I will you know say that I'm Araxian if you let my wife go you know and and be clear of all charges and the court says okay cool we'll we'll allow this and then that's enough proof for vera to be like look or i guess it's not enough proof for vera but it's proof that vera can use to be like look you are all witnesses that he just sacrificed himself for me you've already stated as a fact that araxians wouldn't sacrifice themselves for anybody else they're only in it for themselves so thus a cannot equal B, whatever you want to say. You right. know, he can't be Araxian. So they literally have to sit there and eat their words and be like, well, <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. He must not be Araxian. So it's like, do you want to keep the propaganda going that you have so that you can keep your war going? 
or do you want to, you know, kill this guy or you kill this Araxian? Yeah. And basically would be pointing out like you'd be killing an innocent man. And they were like, yeah, okay, you got us there Mm -hmm. with your logic. So uh, the next scene is So wait, at this point, did you think that he was Araxian? Yes. So where I was going with it was like, okay, with all the misdirects that they're doing, I definitely think they want to play up the angle that he could be, but he might not be. And that she was going to prove that he wasn't, only to find out later that he was, and he was going to like kill her or something like that. So, I was definitely right that he was uh, uh, a a Raxian. Raxian. Um, But the actual ending really caught me by surprise. Is that the two of them actually are in love with each other? Yes. (laughs) I'm like, holy crap! Like, because he walks up to her while she's in the kitchen, and he's like, "Oh, honey, I, I, you know, I could have done this, or I could have done." He says something innocuous to her, and she's like, "Don't you think it's time for you to actually tell me your real name?" Like essentially, and he's like, "Uh, okay, well, there's no, you know, equivalent for it in English. Like, Araxian's a little too difficult. You wouldn't be able to understand it. Yeah, you can't really pronounce it." She goes, "Well, is it okay if I just keep calling you Silas then?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'd like that. Like, he he actually obviously has feelings for." It. So, yeah. this makes me think because they kept referring to the Araxian as a shapeshifter. And that, you know, he essentially, the two of them that made it on board took the shapes of the other two men. But to me, it seems more like they possessed them. They kind of went into their bodies and took over their minds. Because how else would he have all the memories of Silas? Yeah, it's essentially what he stated in the in the trial when they're explaining what these kind of shapeshifters are. Is they, yeah, like you said, they possess and they become a part of the host, eventually taking over entirely. Like but the Venom sti- symbiote. But st- exactly, but still maintaining the memories, mm-hmm. which is why we had the personality change. Um, but it, um, that's why they, I guess they're like their little energy balls just kind of go into the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't see a lot of what happens and how this happens and all of that. Um, to me, it was also kind of similar to the um, the thing yes. from the John Carpenter movie, mm-hmm. where uh, you know it 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 becomes a part of you and then it just then you are the thing, essentially. Uh, but this one has a little bit of a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, a much happier ending yeah. than the thing, that's for sure. I mean, like, she, she was forced into a loveless marriage out of duty. And out of that, this, you know, I guess nearly tragic thing, she ended up finding a, finding a soulmate, I guess. So they ended up getting a large payload of hydrogen from Raxian. Uh do you think they have to go back and get more? But what's the, uh, what's the the future of this world? Well, uh, that's actually kind of interesting because now you have an Araxian that's like a level one journal, a journal, um, general. Gen- yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought that they still said they were going to strip him of his title. Um, well, I mean, if they court-martialed him and executed him, then yeah. But, but they, not not I, since they found him innocent. I think yeah, I think he's going to keep it all and still going to be in there and maybe. This could be the way for them to broker some kind of peace with him working, you know, within the the enemy government. Okay. Hmm. Sounds like collusion. Collusion. All right. Uh, anything else about the episode? I mean, this is, like you said, you, you were very much into this episode. Yeah, I just thought the production value was awesome. I liked
the, there's not enough kink in sci-fi. That's all I gotta say. There's we watched Altered Carbon. There's, it's, <laughs> all of that is kink. Which oh, I, we didn't bring it up, but they oh, they right. renewed it for. I just want to bring it up real quick. They renewed it for a second season, and Anthony Mackie's gonna be playing Kovacs. Yeah. Dude, I'm psyched. I am too. We gotta get the the other crew over here for that. Yeah, definitely. When that happens, um, yeah. I, th- once again, I, I thought this this was interesting because this one didn't rely so much on tech. It was just all in the future. Yeah. Um, this could have been like a Cold War parable. It very much so. Yeah. I mean, th- this is very much a, uh, a, a sleeper cell spy that falls in love with the the person that they were sent to. You know, this is kind of random, and I don't even know if anybody will get the reference, but there is an old, uh, who was the dude that had the gerbil up his butt? Richard Gere. Richard Gere. There's well, he an said old, the rumor. Well, I mean, you hear a rumor long enough, it becomes true. Okay. Um, there was an old movie uh, with him in it. I think it was called Summersby or Somerset. Uh, yeah, there is a movie that he did called that. I don't know what it's about. But. Yeah, well, the gist of that story is I think it takes place during like the Civil War or mm-hmm. sometime after the Civil War. So it's like Parabellum or something. Not parabellum. So there was, uh, I, if I remember correctly, because I've only ever seen the trailer, um, he, uh, this man named Summersby leaves for a very long time. It's like several years uh, to go fight in the Civil War or something. And then when he comes back, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, great, you're back. That's awesome. Um, but his wife notices little differences here and there. Um, and, like, one of the things they mention is, like, they go to get new shoes for him. And it was like, oh, your foot's, like, different. It's, like, smaller or something. And, like, so it turns out that he's not really her husband. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, is that even possible? I mean, I know that this takes place, like, in the old days, but, like, would you really not recognize your not own recognize? Husband? I mean, I guess if there wasn't that you know, widespread photography and nobody well, had painted a portrait, then well, to the point that you would be like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice that his face is different, but you notice that his feet are a different size. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of a stretch. The shoe man didn't remember your face, but they remember exactly how big your feet are. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, once again, uh, this show I think is very interesting. I'm glad that we decided to do it, and um, can't wait till the next episode. So. If you have any input on this episode or any of the things we talked about today, you got to get a hold of me on uh, Twitter. I am Mitchipedia, G-E-R. John is also on Twitter as... I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to... Geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.